It is the Super Bowl edition or the big game edition of the DMV Sports Roundtable podcast. I'm Frank Hanran, Chris Gian, Jamal Bowens, and we hope that Georgie Wallace can uh, sort of escape his children for a few minutes. <laughs> I know how that is. Uh, as we get set for, I don't even know what this is because I can't read Roman numerals. Is this Super Bowl 55? What is it? Yes. You know what? I'm, I'm no good with it. Do you know what it is? I know I'm what it is because of the FanDuel reads. They have us doing 55 to 1 promo <laughs> odds. But you can't say Super Bowl in any of these uh, promotions. I guess the, the NFL. Oh, you yeah, you have to say the big game. Uh, Why is that? The big game, which the, is ridiculous. I guess the NFL doesn't want uh, the Super Bowl being that exposed to gambling, just somewhat oh exposed. I don't get it. It right. doesn't matter what you call it. Everybody yeah, knows what you're talking it. about, right? You can call it a, a you know a county bake off. It's going to get bet upon. <laughs> I, this is the first time I'm hearing this. I'm surprised. What? What is it? Say something. I honestly, I gotta Google this. I really think that. The reason the NFL went this way, and I'm not making this up, like 10 years ago or so, people were advertising, and I'm not joking when I say it was like churches were hosting Super Bowl parties, and they Uh, were promoting it as such, and the NFL got pissed because bars, churches, were promoting it without getting any money for it, so they said you can't use Super Bowl when you're promoting parties, which is Hasn't that been going on from the beginning of, of Super Bowl? Yeah. No, it has. Everybody does that. So Whether it's the neighbor across the street or whoever, your cousin, whoever, Super Bowl parties. Everybody who's at a bar will come to the Super Bowl party or whatever bar, loonies, whatever, whatever it is. No yep. Super Bowl parties this year. It sucks. <laughs> Let me ask you this one. Because this leads me to so are we looking at rebranding the Super Bowl? Is that what they're gonna do? No, I just you I can't do that. Yes, yeah, you can't do that. All right, so like a year ago, I remember at this time, we were all sold on Kansas City against San Francisco. What a difference a year makes, like in so many different capacities. Not for me. Uh, yeah, well, you know, in life and pandemics <laughs> and stuff like that. But Kansas City was a smart play. I think they were like big-time favorites a year ago. Why, Chris Chion, are the Chiefs just three-and-a-half-point favorites? Over Tampa Bay. I know we got Tom Brady on the ball. Mm-hmm. I know that during the regular season it was sort of close, but it really wasn't. Why is Kansas City such a short favorite? Because people want to bet Tom Brady. A, B, we're still dealing with this COVID at the barber situ- situation for the Chiefs. Could that p- put people in jeopardy? C, the Chiefs are going to be missing two of their starting offensive tackles. And D, this was a three-point game when they played in Week 12. So I actually think the line is right about where it should be. Um, and I don't – my heart is telling me – the uh, Buccaneers, my head, is telling me the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs – I mean, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? I can't. I'm blown away right now. That is not what I expected to hear out your mouth, G. I mean, I, I love Brady, and I'm probably going to tease the Buccaneers so I can get like nine points, but um, I think the Chiefs ultimately win this game. I thought you were going to be Brady across the board. Nah, I can't. I can't, you know. I love him, but – not that much. Not against Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the game, right? Well, you know, and I, I got the Chiefs. Uh, it's there. And also, 
back this up if you can, if you've heard anything from uh, Ricketts. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to rain, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Oh, is it? I didn't know. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny is that that really doesn't affect either team. It gives an advantage to the Chiefs. Now, you can go with Tampa Bay in the rain, and they've got Jones and, and Fournette. They're fine if they have to run the ball. You have Edwards, Alaire, Williams. You can sprinkle in Le'Veon every which way, but I think he'll play more of a, if not a decoy, more of a, he'll be in the passing game more. But I would skew more to the Chiefs because they have speed all over the field that if you can't go downfield, Mahomes can't take big shots down the field, you can have wide receiver screens and throw hitches to Hill, uh, McCole Hardman, you get Robinson and Watkins if he's healthy they can turn something into nothing real quick. So you can take a little five yard out and that can turn into a huge play for a touchdown. So if, it, if it's like that, then I, w- I, I lean Chiefs. It could be a shootout. No Antonio Brown, which is, you know, but they, they still have weapons. Scotty but Miller, 4-3-40. Yeah, absolutely. I think he steps yeah. right in there. And Tyler Johnson can make some really solid catches. But the thing is, you know what, Tampa Bay's defense is playing. And you know what, the X factor is the Kansas City defense. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay's defense has been flying around. They have played off the charts this postseason. They've gotten better. Devin White is a dog. You know, and you've got Quan Alexander. You've got the Honey Badger. You have guys on that side of the ball. I'm talking the wrong, excuse me, not Honey Badger. That's Kansas City. But that defense, JPP, with whatever fingers he got left, he's playing the ass off. And you get a Dominican Sue up front. But the thing is, how much how much pressure do you want to put on Mahomes? Because if you push him out the pocket, that's where the real fun starts. Yeah. That's where the party begins. Because he does his best work outside the pocket, reminiscent of Favre or Rogers, and neither one of them are on the level of what he can do when he gets outside the pocket. He's a magician when he gets out there. And you have no idea where he's going with it. He will improvise just like that. And you can look and see that he's played baseball his whole life. His father was MLB major league pitcher. And he has he can throw sidearms. He can throw a curve. He can throw a changeup. He throws all <laughs> he throws the ball everywhere. So you don't, but once you get him outside of that pocket, you're playing into his hands. So I'm interested to see how Tampa Bay goes about trying to contain him or put pressure on him because once he gets out that pocket then the party starts yeah i think though the problem with the chiefs though you know i keep coming back to it i still think they win but missing those two offensive tackles when you just listed all those guys jamal i mean is mahomes going to get himself in a situation where he does take a couple of sacks and uh, i know he can get outside the pocket um I just I'm trying to figure out like schematically does the Chiefs offensive line can they just can they have guys replace Fisher and Kilgore and make Mm. it work blocking in a zone scheme um, or is it really going to be a detriment to them because the the, the Buccaneers have capable cornerbacks like I think we know the Chiefs are going to score right I I see them like getting in like that 27 to 30 range something like that is is can Tom Brady keep up um 
you know, they've got Frank Clark and the Chiefs, and they can get after him. Um, I don't know. You know, the thing is the Chiefs just need one play. They don't need a, a whole drive. They don't even need a whole series. Just one play. Now, if Tampa Bay wants to play keep away and to you, the old Chiefs coach, uh, matriculate the ball down the field like Hank Stram, you can do that. You can try to play keep away all you want to and then win the time of possession, but all they need is just one play. That's it. You can try to keep the ball away from them all you want to. It's not going to work. You have too much. And then, look, I said Devin White and the, the, the linebackers, they have, they're going to be consumed with Kelsey, who I think, to me, is the best tight end in the game. Yeah. Now you're taking their, some of the Quan Alexander or Devin White, whoever it may be, two of their best players out of the play because they have to key in on Kelsey. You got to pay attention to what Hill's going to do. Then they hit you with Robinson, McCole Hardman, and Le'Veon Bell. Whether he's a decoy or not, you have to acknowledge the fact that he's on the field. I got Travis Kelsey, uh, a prop bet. That's um, something for you, Frank. Uh, or Jamal, if you're going to be crossing the border into Virginia and making some bets. Travis Kelsey, anytime no touchdown, <laughs> minus 175. By the way, I love the fact that uh, these gambling sites are basically, here's what they're doing right now. They're letting you suck the teat, right? Get a little nibble. Yep. Make you win early. Make you feel smart and all good, and then the big avalanche is going to come. So be careful when you make these bets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's almost too easy, some of these bets. Uh, here nor there, did you guys see the guy who bet $3.5 million on the Bucks? Mm -hmm. So right there, I'm taking the Chiefs just because of that guy's sweat, right? I'm taking the, the load off my back. I'm, I'm taking Kansas City. Kansas City is just too good. They crushed – the Buffalo Bills who look Yeah, awesome. the hottest team in the NFL. You're absolutely right. And the Washington I, football team. Washington football team had the ball over the 50-yard line in the wild card round uh, going in for a potential score that could have set them up to tie the game. So, uh, you know, I and don't know. That, that was Mahomes coming off a concussion. Yeah. He's had two weeks. He's as clear-headed as he's ever going to be. Now, also, yeah. put this, keep this in mind. And this team – once again, uh, Eric Bieniemy has been passed over again, been back-to-back -back coaching cycles. Don't think that does not uh, affect or fall on the team, nor Andy Reid. Now, he might not say it, but they may be playing with a chip on his shoulder for him. And I saw the way that if you realize uh, the last game, AFC Championship game, when Hardman – Watch that that uh kick, the mm. kickoff return, or punt return. Yeah, went to it to they turned to a touchdown. He went on the bench and threw the you know the big heavy jacket over his head. And the first one to come over there was Mahomes. You are going to get back in this game. You're going to make a play. And they went back to him. I don't know how they hit me because I don't know how many other coaches or teams you might have, would not have seen him back on that field at all. Right. They went back to him. He had a big return, then subsequently scored a touchdown. They stick with their folks. They stick together as a team. So it's not lost on me, no, probably not lost on them, that 
they noticed what's going on beyond me. And don't think they don't want to make a statement for him. And him and, and Reed are not coaching with a chip on their shoulder as well. I think uh, Clyde Edwards Elaire, too, having two weeks oh, yeah. to get that ankle where it needs to be. Um, these high ankle sprains, I mean, that you just can't bounce back from them right away. And no. he is somebody who I think is a game changer in the way that, like, Ray Rice for the Ravens, um, you know, during their mm -hmm. Super Bowl run, just the way that he runs so low to the ground and can be such an effective receiver as well. I think, you know, I try not to put, like, a ton of stock into running backs. I mean, we saw the 49ers get there with Raheem Mostert last year, a guy who was an undrafted free agent. But, like, I, I really do think that was such an impact impact draft pick and one that was so important to this Chiefs offense and like Darrell Williams is nice Le'Veon Bell is past his prime they needed Edwards Alaire as part of this offense no doubt so I want predictions for the uh the big game on Sunday I'm gonna go uh 38 27 oh. Chiefs uh it, they'll get up big Tampa Bay will sort of get some late cheap touchdowns so that would be the Chiefs minus three and a half, and is that yeah the over right thirty eight plus seven sixty five. So yeah, thirty eight twenty seven, Kansas City. Jamal, what do you have? All right, being as though I'm probably going to be the only one that's going to put a score out that has nothing to do with the line or, ah. or prop hmm. bets or anything like that. Uh, I'll probably go thirty five twenty seven. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Chi just brought it up. That may be. The running games are going to be a factor, even more that everybody's talking about Mahomes versus Brady. But the running game is definitely going to play into it a lot more than, you know, maybe the passing game will, depending on the weather as well. But I'm I'm going to lean the Chiefs. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been saying it. I'm going to stick with it. And I ain't going back. And I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning 30-27. to 27. I have changed my mind from earlier in the week. Uh -oh. Yeah, I'm not stubborn. I can change. Okay. I, I, okay. Can, uh, I can recognize that, you know, going against Mahomes has typically not worked out for me as a better, and I think um, for most teams as his opponent and defenses, and I just think uh, Tampa Bay, even – I, just you know the coaching with Andy Reid I just think Kansas City um is is just a little bit better than Green Bay I know Tampa was able to beat Green Bay last week but but this is a different beast this is the defending Super Bowl champions and I think they repeat back to back all right Washington football team making some uh changes mm -hmm. get uh some guys to report to Ron Rivera even though they're the general manager and the uh director player personnel whatever how Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney. <laughs> they had a press conference this week and asked about the quarterback position, and they didn't uh, tip their hand at all, which is not surprising. I, no. I, I wasn't too early to say anything. But uh, initial thoughts on this uh, new look uh, front office. I, I feel I feel better that it's Mayhew and not Herney at GM. Uh, Mayhew, of course, and anybody that's followed this team, you know, that's of a certain age, of our age or older, you know, Martin, Martin Mayhew was an unsung hero. He was on those Gibbs teams, the Super Bowl winner, uh, opposite Daryl Green, but he was ahead of a player on his own. Uh, you know, I, I was rooting for him to get it, so I'm glad he got it. And I'm interested to see how the brain trust goes. Uh, I was Georgie was there. I could ask him what is this new gig that uh, 
Doug Williams has. I love Doug Williams, but what exactly do the hell you, what do you do? <laughs> what is, they keep making it, they have a whole, it seems like they have a whole department that is just dedicated to uh, finding new titles and new work, something hmm. to make Doug look like he does something inside of Ashburn. Right. He's public I relations, mean, I would say, right? I mean, like we, like we were talking about pre-show. Okay, so is he is is he the muse to the the president? Because that's what it sounds like. Maybe like if, you, if you saw his tweets, it sounds like you know he said I don't I'm not I don't know as much about uh, this fan base or the DMV area and and all of that. Doug knows all of that. So yeah. what what is that? Yeah, that was interesting. And did you guys see his interview on like that HBO show Axios? No. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. The uh, interviewer asked him about Dan Snyder and, and about diversity and about the name. And he did his nice political dance around everything. Uh -huh. So maybe this is sort of the way to kind of not make up for that, but to stamp that connection between the fans. And But Doug Williams, quite frankly, started with Grambling in Tampa Bay. I mean, I know he's been in D.C. for a while, but I don't think like, oh, Doug Williams knows DC. He's well, you know, he he's a he's a hero. What you know he's a, he's a hero. He grew up and, in my street. You know Doug Doug Williams does not pay for anything in this city. You know so it, it maybe that's it and maybe you know he did go back to Grambling and coach uh, after the great Eddie Robinson passed. Right. But, right. You know I, I I guess in that respect you can but. No one has to go on record to say anything about uh, diversity or whatever the team is doing. They're showing it. Yeah, exactly. They're showing it. Exactly. Right. That's all you have to say. Just look at what we're doing. Right. They're showing it. And yeah. having success doing so. I mean, you can call yeah. Jason Wright his first uh, t season his, yeah. um, in this tenure. They, they made the postseason. I mean, and it just seems like they're trying to move away. Now the thing is, you guys – saw i'm sure the report and jamal you may have tweeted it this past saturday and that's how i saw it the coming off the yacht to make the draft pick that kind of shit needs to stop i mean dan oh, dan needs know. to yeah. stop making yeah. picks that's yeah, over yeah yeah i i don't i don't think i don't see that being going forward i don't see that I, ron doesn't do it that way martin mayhew doesn't do it that way uh i don't know much about herney yeah, so we shall see. But as a as a brain trust, you know, we'll see how that goes. I I will ask you guys this: How often do GMs report back to the coach? Is that a Belichick thing? Is it you have to be of a certain ilk to get that? Yeah, I yeah, don't sure. really really know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard of that before. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to doubt it because I can't. I'm not going to say anything. Ron has done. And they've bought it. Everybody's bought in. So, you know, whatever whatever he's selling, they buy it. They're drinking all the Kool-Aid. You know what's so, funny, uh, though? Just uh, sorry to interrupt you, Frank. Just what's funny is is all about our talk, and, and I do it, too, and talk about the success of the Washington football team. You know, imagine they're not in the NFC East. Like, the season's a failure if they're in the NFC yeah. Central or the NFC North, I should say, not Central. Anywhere else. So yeah. it's just funny, Anywhere like, but here. Yep, but they made the playoffs. They hung in there against the Bucks, and you know what? Hey, it was a su successful season. But just how, if geographically they were different, how we would, this conversation would be? Oh, it would be the same. It'd be it, it, like I said during the season. 
you're going to win this trash-ass division. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, a whole bunch of what. But at the same time, and I, I don't mean to let you go in a second, Frank. I know you're ready to say something. What I did take away from Ron Rivera said in terms of free agency. Now, they took a couple swings last season. Didn't didn't get them, but that's fine. They they swung on Hooper and Cooper, but didn't get them. They will be active and aggressive, but I like the fact that they will be smartly aggressive. They'll be aggressive to a point. They won't be aggressive to the point where they will sell the farm. This is not Vinny and Dan 2.0 where you get somebody in the building and outbid yourself. So I think they'll, they will be aggressive when it comes to wide receiver. They'll be aggressive when it comes to quarterback. Anything is on the table, but within reason. Yeah, well, you, and I, you, and I, you and I were having that back and forth about Mac Jones. I don't worry about no Mac Jones. I get, I I get it. Mac, macaroni and cheese, not Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> So with no Stafford, I, I don't think they can get Deshaun Watson. So what – I you know, Rivera left Cam Newton uh, possibility out there. Well, no, that's not – well, that's not the only one left. Well, who else? why is it that it, Stafford didn't go? Yeah. Then, you know, all bets off the table. It's apparent that Stafford wasn't going to go anywhere but the Rams. Uh-huh. Stafford made it very clear from what I saw in reports that came out – he was going to McVay, and that's only where he was going. He was not entertaining anybody else. Right. You still have the possibility of what? What are you going to What are you going to put up for that? What does it look like? Derek Carr's name's been floated around. Uh, you got Sam Darnold in the mix. So there are other names. Stafford is not the end all be all. Right. right. If you're out on that, okay, cool. Because Stafford apparently said, I'm going here. Make it work. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with the rest. But, you know, they can still put together an attractive enough package to get Deshaun Watson. Or I don't know about Carr. I'm a little, you know, 50-50 on that. Uh, all of this Cousins reunion, stop it. Yeah, yeah. agreed. That's not happening. Like the Jordan, stop it. Get some help. Stop. I like that. Yeah. We're not doing that no more. Uh, Fist Magic, eh, you know, everything else after that is a toss-up. You know, you can put Fitzpatrick and Cam and Mariota and Tyrod Taylor and Winston, put them in the bag and shake them up. It doesn't make a difference. Right. As long as you couple that with the right draft pick. Any of those could be possibly serviceable bridge quarterbacks. I just need Alex Smith to do the right thing and hit the just go. Let's go away. Right off into the sunset. Comeback player of the year. You got your, you know, you came back from something. They're going to amputate your damn leg. Comeback player of the year unanimously, probably across everybody's boards. You'll be insane not to, not to vote him for that. Yeah. You got your team to the playoffs. Man, right on the, to the sunset. And enjoy your wife and kids and do your thing. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Uh, Wizards, um, Bradley Beal making all sorts of uh, headlines. Uh, he's actually leading uh, the all-star voting in the uh, at the guard position, which is good. As, as he should. He's a guy very uh, sensitive, certainly. 
Oh, no, no. very eager to get uh, and to be recognized. He needs to chill out on that. He does do very well on the court. The team is sucking. I think they should be better. Uh, he's not going to be traded. Uh, he's finally going to be an all-star. Uh, so the big question is, if you are the Wizards, like I just stated, I don't think he's going anywhere. What do you do with the squad moving forward with Bradley Beal, who still has, what, two years left on his contract? But he's finally getting his attention that he wants. Get rid of Scott Brooks. Oh, yes. I've been saying Probably that. Second that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I've been saying that for a minute. <clears throat> he seems like he's a nice guy, but, like, it's just, come on. I mean, we, we, we need a little bit of a be- better defensive. Like, defense a lot of times to me is, like, the, you're at your attitude, right? Like, does, sure. this, does this team yeah. have attitude that they, they want it, you know? Like, I'm not saying you need to be slapping the floor playing D, but, like, don't be letting guys blow right by you. You're just not going to win yeah. enough games like that. You know what? And the problem is this. And, Frank, you remember when he was brought in here. And what they sold was Scott Brooks is bringing a defensive mind. He's a defensive-minded coach that's coming to this team. Where is it? How long have you been here? Five years. Five years. And you said, what's going on? You know, I understand this. No one plays defense in the NBA at all. It's, It's just taboo. And I'm watching, you know, all these games. I come from an era, and Frank, you understand you understand this also. There was a time that if you scored a hundred points, you probably won't win the game. That was a lot of points. Yeah. Right. And you watch those those Detroit, the Pistons game, Celtics, Lakers. You hold it'd be 75 to 76 or something like that. 100 points, you definitely won. Mm. But we're looking at 147, 145 in regulation? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But the other thing that bothers me about Brooks is this, and I hate to say this, but the COVID breakout gave him an excuse. No doubt. No lineups. Anybody that's paid attention, I don't know if he is picking names out of a hat, if they playing duck, duck, goose, mm. rock, paper, scissors. There's no rhyme, no reason to his lineups whatsoever. It's yeah. it, it plays with a player's psyche. And Frank, you understand this, and she you do too. Everybody on here has played basketball once in their twice in their lives, organized. You need to know what your role is, especially professional, what your role is. And if you walk into the arena before game time and you could either start you could play 40 minutes you could be the first man on the bench or you cannot play at all that messes with player psyches good teams have solid rotation with his eight men 10 whatever you want to do but this you see mo comes in and he gives a spark then you don't see it for two more games doesn't play yeah. And then Frank, I know you've noticed. I don't know if you watched the post game. Jason Smith. Oh my, I can't remember which game it was. He praised Brooks's lineup. Well. And that was crazy to me because right. you know how many milk cartons he put Jason Smith on? Right. Yeah. Like he would play so well. 
in two to three games and you would not see him, you had to put out the APB to find Jason Smith. Uh, you know, Troy Brown plays, then he's gone. You don't see it, then he pops, he pops back. Then Bonga starts and you don't see Bonga. Like, you can't do that. So it's very random. Like he's he's playing Yahtzee with the lineups, and I don't understand what he's doing. And he, eh, I don't get it. No, I don't Frank get it is the post game show. Frank doesn't watch Jason Smith because Frank's Frank's the show. I'm trying to do my own thing. Well, yeah, so, so, no disrespect to uh, that, but it's great. Here, here's a problem. Like as we all know, like if you are working for a organization that is owned by the team, you are not going to say exactly what you think yeah uh jake smith is a former player i'm sure he's still sort of tight with scotty brooks yeah he, he's not going to say one negative thing about the team which sort of becomes obvious after a while like you yeah. need to say something a little bit of a a dig at the team he's almost too nice right like especially when it comes to this yeah, like when it comes exactly. to this exactly. you know, i get anything else glowing he would have to say but to compliment the lineups when yeah. He is. He was. You got to the point where you had to go Google if he was injured, because you saw him. I said, "Okay, Smith had a good game, and he was MIA for four or five games, and then all of a sudden thrown back in the lineup out of nowhere." You can't. You have a young team. You can't develop young talent that way. Yeah, and then like Bertans, who's just oh my god, is only playing because of his contract. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, he had a couple of big threes against Miami. He's out of shape. He's not ready to play. He would not be playing if I was a coach, but I'm sure there's that lean on Scotty like, hey, bro, he makes $15 million. Yes, he's got to play. I I was a component. I I was, okay, pay the man. But this is the problem I have with the Bertan situation. Two things. Number one, don't talk about conditioning. (laughs) You opted out. You didn't play in the bubble. You opted out. You opted out in order to stay healthy enough to get your big contract, which you got. You got paid. After that, it's your job to get in shape and be prepared to do the money that you just got. So don't tell me this many games in the season you were out of shape. What were you doing? You should always be in shape. You 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 didn't play in the bubble. So you had all you had much more time than a lot of people that were that are playing right now that don't have that excuse. Also, all that money, if he doesn't, if he's not shit hit, excuse me, let me say that word. If he's not hitting threes from the beltway, he's not comfortable and he's not useful. He's useless. Useless. I'd rather play Garrison Matthews. Which they are. Which and they are. Yeah. yeah. Hans in D on defense. Jesus, has he ever played defense before? If you're not hitting your shot, yeah, can't play. And this is what I was coached. If you're off, fine. Affect the game in a different way. If you're if you can't hit the side of a barn, <laughs> hustle, rebound. Play defense. Do something. Get assists. Get your get everybody else involved. If your shot, if that's not your night, but he doesn't do any of that. Yeah, so he's he's the uh, he's a one trick pony. <laughs> and he all that money for that. 
So if you can't hit threes, which uh, you know what, I'll, if it was anybody else shooting those three, those are bad shots. Right. That's like Curry and and, and Thompson. Where they pull from, when they hit them, it's amazing. When they miss them, you know what the hell was that? All I can say is the guy turned 54 games into $80 million. Like, what a beast. I mean, it's a great country. You could have a chance to learn for this reference. Do you remember the uh, Yakov Smirnoff, what a country? Yes. Commercials. But you could have kept Bogdanovich. Right. They could have had him for a lot. (laughs) And he's a better overall player. He'll give you more than that. Yep. But this team is not going to go anywhere if, if if Brooks is there. And if they are really trying to make the move and get Masai Ujiri again. Oh, yeah, right. That's fine. Make the run. My problem is this. And let me pose this to you and Chi. Because this is something that I've noticed about Leontes. He has a very short tolerance with when it comes to any sort of mediocrity when it comes to the caps. Right. Trap didn't get re-signed. McPhee, who gave you winners, but he hit a ceiling. He's mm-hmm. gone. And when you won a cup, the team that you played that was only in the league for one year, who was the GM? The same guy that you fired. Mm-hmm. They got rid of, he got rid of Boudreaux. Okay. But now you go to the other side when it comes to the Wizards. Uh, Ernie's there for what 14 or 16 years doing not a damn thing. You still have Brooks here, you know, you just languish in mediocrity on this side. But when it, he would not have this tolerance if it came to the caps, is, is my point. Do you see what I'm saying? You see the difference? Is anybody there? Yeah, I see the difference, bro. Sorry, my microphone was acting up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's there was an there's an acceptance of sort of mediocrity with the Wizards, where that's not with the Capitals, no doubt. Yeah, and also you just gotta factor in contracts and factor in Scotty Brooks is making seven million, although he is in the final year of his contract. Oh, so yeah. I, I honestly thought that they may just like promote like Robert Pack or something for the rest of the year, just to send a message, because I'm big on those messages. Yeah, but. You know, Ted looks at the books and goes, you know what? I'm paying this dude $7 million. Boudreaux was in the last year of his contract. Right. That's where it shouldn't be. Same with Trotz. Yeah. Even though he won you a championship. Jesus, Trotz. I meant Trotz, right? Yeah. Even though he won you a championship, you still, you know, moved on. Moved on. How about that? Yeah, it makes no sense. I don't think there's anything that Scott can do at this point to salvage this. But – Whoever the GM is, you're still in cap. You're still in cap hell. Yeah, you just traded when you got rid of Wall. You pretty much exchanged big contract for big contract. Correct. Being as though you got rid of Auto, okay, that's fine. And Mahini finally came off the damn books, but you still don't have a lot to work with. But you have a young team and with a young talent. Okay, you can work with that for the cheap, but stop. Playing a Russian roulette with the lineup and let people develop. 